This is Radio Free Galaxy. It's time to go. This is the Space Age, and we are here to go. Welcome to Radio Free Galaxy. I'm Travis Lee. I'm Teen Komar. And I'm Kelly Holder. Thanks to Kelly Holder for co-hosting this week. It's episode 108 of Radio Free Galaxy. Trisha and Adam will probably be back next week when we have something they're more interested to <laughs> they're more interested in talking about. But for now, it's the three of us. And uh, thanks again to Kelly, who is the co-host of Two Broads and a Bottle of Wine, a very fine podcast. You said you guys are in hiatus right now, Kelly? Yeah, we're in hiatus right now. Um, Leslie and I both have had a bunch of life stuff happening. So yeah. in the middle of July, we are going to reconvene and figure out our next plan of attack okay yeah well so you know stay stay tuned stay tuned be around again (laughs) stay tuned and there's plenty of episodes for you how many episodes you guys have out already that we can listen to i don't know i think there's there's six maybe i don't know like 12 or 13 (laughs) six 12 or 13 somewhere around there yeah Uh, 17 you have 17 episodes we do have so- oh wow yeah okay, we have seventeen episodes yeah you know, we're we're kind of I mean we just started and we take breaks and stuff like that because the stuff we talk about is really heavy and then it's like all right, right yeah let's take a break let's take a nap for a little while and we'll come back <laughs> for sure for sure uh, the last episode was episode seventeen revisiting the light topic of shame and uh, the one before that was body neut- neutrality. And then before that was the light topic of grief. So very different podcasts than our own, but... But very easy listening. I just got done with episodes uh, 16, and I'm just about to listen to 17 tomorrow. So yeah. I'm totally looking forward to that. It's a very relaxing, very easy, and very well-educated uh, podcast for if no one's listened. Two broads and a bottle of wine. Where can people find it, Kelly? You can find it pretty much well anywhere you get podcasts um definitely apple spotify google play uh, mm-hmm. i think it's up on other platforms too like <coughs> future so yep. yeah check it out if you're listening to this uh you can pause it and just search for them and i'm sure we'll be on all the same services tonight we are going to be talking about stranger things four uh we had plans it, the last two episodes the second part really that just that just came out 
Uh, we're going to be talking about that, but also the season overall. We've got a lot of things to talk about with this mm. season. So we were going to do some other things. Christine and I were going to talk about Peaky Blinders Season 6. We just finished that as well. We're both huge fans of that show. Um, we can't seem to get anyone in our lives <laughs> interested in it. No, even. it's so tragic. <laughs> it really pisses ah. me off. I, I like every friends gathering I go to, I try to get people hyped on Peaky Blinders and they just kind of look at me funny. Yeah, or you try to do like some quotes or some cool sayings from the show and it just completely flies over everybody's head. Even in the nerd dumb world, it's just like, ooh. Right. So ooh. let's just talk about it for like right. a couple minutes. Like season six. <laughs> um definitely it it feels like there's something missing because the actress that played Aunt Polly passed away. Yeah. And so they drastically had to change the whole storyline because Polly's not there and she was one of the main characters. There's a lot of this gypsy shit going on in in this new season. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gypsy curses and just, you know, gypsy stuff that, that it looked like there could have been even more. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, Aunt Polly was, like, kind of the, you know, I'm saying flippantly, but she was, like, the queen of the gypsies, you know. And so she would have been involved so much more in this season. And it's it, her presence not being there really brought the whole season down for me. It's still great. It was still great. Uh, still awesome to be in that world again with the characters and... Um, but overall, I just felt like there was something missing. Right? No, I, I, I totally get that. Cause the thing is, uh, at least where I thought the show was going is that they're going out of the era, like era of superstition into like the industrial era where like, you know, prohibition's gone. So now people are trying to you know actually be legal bootleggers and like there was like a bunch of drug smuggling and stuff in this, which is fine. But like Thomas Shelby or, um, Killian Murphy, right? That's his, that's his name. Cillian, Cillian Murphy. I love Cillian, watching Cillian, Cillian Killian. Cillian, Cillian, I don't know. Either Cillian, way, it would be really Cillian, first dope first name. Yeah. Um, I love his presence on screen. I could pretty much watch him all day just kind of jaunt smoke around. Cigarettes. And smoke cigarettes. <laughs> the way he smokes a cigarette by like doing this like back and forthing across his lip. He does yeah. it every single time. Like it's it's fascinating. Uh, but yeah, without Polly there, because she was kind of like uh, his consort like she had like these witchy powers because she really did believe in like the gypsy stuff the gypsy lore is very strong in this show and i actually really like that and it just seemed very weird where they were kind of just i don't know wandering around in the mist i mean it ended up being an overall decent season but yeah without polly's strong presence in there it just yeah it just felt kind of weird that arthur's lost in addiction you know so you don't have that strong presence of like arthur there uh tommy is like trying to hold everything together and you know um well he doesn't have anyone else strong enough to really balance off of anymore right. he i mean right uh and, his... and that's kind of what they're the story that they're kind of telling that tommy's just all alone now you know that tommy's yeah. all alone now and we're not going to spoil the end but um that's kind of what it is is that tommy's going on a journey now to like go and find himself mm-hmm. so it's it's really it was really fun i enjoyed it it felt really short six episodes was kind of bullshit yeah but I they were very more. long i mean i could always watch more of this world because they for a time piece yeah. it is quite excellent in everything that they do yeah. like that just doesn't happen very often but it also is the last season of peaky blinders so it is and it's but it's not 
the end of the story. So what the deal is, the creators of the show have said that this is definitely the last season, um, but there will be a movie coming out that will conclude the Shelby the the Shelby storyline. It's not going to start shooting until next year. Uh, they said so we probably won't get it till like 2024 2025 something like that but if you're a fan of peaky blinders you should kind of be used to like waiting two years between seasons anyway because that's kind of what it's been this whole time so um yeah it, it it's it's a it's a good season it leaves you on a cliffhanger uh it is the final season but we are gonna get more of the shelby storyline in a couple years or something we'll see we'll see if you know other yeah. shit could happen but hopefully we will get an end to this story because it's been great okay that's been our peaky blinders <laughs> okay um what else were, were we going to get to I've, i'm in peaky blinders land right now uh, well, oh we wanted to promote well we're going to be talking about stranger things four so again we wanted to promote the stranger dance it's coming up in milwaukee on july 16th at the x-ray arcade and it is being uh run by the goth barge the wonderful people at the goth barge including the dance commander and it's going to be a 80s synth style dance party uh with you know all the flavor of stranger things so kelly are you gonna go there or what oh yeah i'm totally planning on it yeah. So July 16th, X-Ray Arcade, it's uh, no cover for anyone over 21. Mm-hmm. We're all going to be there, and uh, hopefully we can drag Trisha there. Maybe we can get Adam there. We'll tell him that there's uh, arcade games at X-Ray Arcade. It's not just a pretty name, and maybe yeah, there's Yeah, there's amazing arcade games there that yeah. he would totally you know, be like jamming yeah. out on. I know. So, yeah, pinball. check out. Yeah, and pinball, too. So. Ooh. Check out The Stranger Dance, run by the Goth Barge, and look for the Goth Barge on social media. They're pretty cool, and they run a lot of really cool events, not just Stranger Things-inspired events. All right, we are going to take a break right now, and we're just going to get right into the Stranger Things conversation. Uh, If you haven't watched it yet, we're going to get into full spoilers, so go finish it. Come back. After the break, we're going to be watching or talking about no, we are, I just finished watching. We're going to be talking about Stranger Things 4. Full spoilers right after this. Stay tuned. This episode of Radio Free Galaxy is brought to you by KFC Mashed Potato Body Wash. It doesn't clean for shit, but boy does it taste good. Mm. Mm. I forgot my line. All right, welcome back to the program, Travis, Christine, and Kelly. And we are talking about Stranger Things Season 4. Just dropped this last week on Netflix, the second part of it. Uh, Last two episodes were about four hours long total. Yeah. So basically one Zack Snyder. (laughs) <laughs> one Zack Snyder length long. So, like, yeah, Stranger Things Part 2 is one Zack Snyder long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, 
I, I I like the season. Uh, let's let. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. Ah. I'm still processing processing this whole season altogether because Christine and I literally just got done watching it like an hour ago or whatever, and I'm still thinking about all the things that happened in part two. Um, I don't know. Let's talk about Stranger Things overall, just to start with. Really, the big first like streaming hit yes right yeah i mean there there were other things that were being streamed maybe at the same time and other shows that like we're talking about game of thrones was going at the same time right but that didn't start out as a streaming show you know people came to it later and were streaming it later but it didn't start out as a streaming show it was just on hbo or whatever um, the first purely streaming hit series and, and like a phenomenon was Stranger Things. It grabbed me right from the beginning, just like right in my little nostalgia nodules and just <laughs> held on to me and was like, ooh, you like this 80s stuff? Well, I'm going to give you some of this 80s stuff. And I mean, these kids are like, this is my friend group from when I was a kid. So, you know, I yep. was born in uh 78. So, I'm I maybe um just a little bit younger than these kids. But I mean, the things that maybe they were doing in like 85, 86, maybe I was doing in 88, 89. But I mean, I was into all of these things. I from the moment I was like 9, 10 years old, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons and I played it with a very similar group of friends that mm-hmm. that they have in 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 this series and we were into the same things and just like heavy metal and the music and everything else it just hits me in all my nostalgia spots and i just i just love this series so much it's gone up and down <coughs> over the seasons as far as the storyline whether i dug it or not i thought season 2 was uh largely just a big miss but it was so it was still so uh wonderful to be around those the characters and those people the things that i really just hated were i felt some storylines were just so out of character for these characters i felt like i knew these characters already from season one like they were my best friends and i could equate you know each one of the characters to a person i knew then or still do now and in season two, it was like they all just, for whatever reason, maybe it was a good story because sometimes that happens to kids when they're growing up, you know, that they mm-hmm. maybe lose their way for a while and come back. And, you know, th- that happened to some of your good friends when you were younger. Um, maybe it disappointed me like that. But I look, I'm talking a lot now, but like I love Stranger <laughs> Things. And then and then last season came up a lot for me. I really enjoyed it. And then this season has been great. Uh, I think it's a little overlong. I think there's a lot of time spent in this season with just like walking around in really dangerous places and taking like 15 minutes to talk about your potential relationship or past relationship or future relationship. Like you're like walking through the upside down and like you're kind of like flirting. Man, when you're talking about love, time doesn't matter no matter what like insane hellscape you are in. I know. I just feel like there, there's large chunks of this season that could have been cut out and and made it just a little bit neater. 
a little flow a little bit better uh that's my biggest complaint i have some in particular uh character complaints that we'll get to later and some of the characters but overall i just love it i think there's some characters that are absolutely shining but i'm gonna shut up right now and kelly what is your history so far with stranger things i absolutely love stranger things i was born in 1974 mm-hmm. so so you're right there the, with these kids i'm yeah i'm pretty yeah. much well right there with these kids and um from the very first episode and it was it was when they were riding their bikes home at night yes <laughs> after the mm. D session i was like oh that's my childhood yes mm. and like the fact that these kids were just like running around running amok parents didn't know where they were they were yep. just on an adventure meeting somebody weird and then <laughs> you know the hilarity and danger ensues like i was just like i love this so much and like i knew all of these kids yep. you know even like even in second season um because i think that's when max comes in yeah and yeah it was. and so i was the kid so i moved around a lot as a kid um like every five years we moved because my dad would get some job transfer so like her being the new kid on the block and like and you know that whole thing where like you know friends kind of like fall away from each other but then they come back for like a unified purpose or whatever like yeah like every every fucking season just for me was just so I mean aside from like the super I mean I wish I would have had supernatural stuff like that when I was a kid but <laughs> but, but um but like there there was so much in it that was relatable to the time and to the culture and like yeah. my husband when we would watch it especially like I think it was in season three with the whole mall scene and oh, I was yeah. like oh my god Walden books oh my god Claire's boutique <laughs> oh my god Spencer's yeah. like we were just like flipping yeah. out the entire time because it's yeah. like we're this show like it's just our childhood unfolding in front of us and then with all of the music I mean yeah. in season one the clash should yeah. I stay or should I go yeah I mean yeah. my brother was that older brother that was like here here's all that cool here's all the cool music right like I got into heavy metal because my my brother was into heavy metal. I got into punk. Well, I got into punk because a friend of mine was into it. Yeah. But, like, but you know, it was just that dynamic, like, watching all of that unfold. So, like, I I mean, I'm sure there's things where I'm like, oh, that could have been a little better. But I'm, I'll be honest, I'm, like, a super fan of Stranger Things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely. Christine, how about you? Now, see, you're a little bit younger yeah. than, bo- than both of us. So, like, it still hits you in the feels, though, right? Well, thing is i was born in 1984 so i would have been one when these guys were starting off with their adventures but i lived in the middle of nowhere which if anyone's lived in a small town towns very rarely change so my town pretty much felt like the 1980s throughout my entire childhood and you know that like whole how like you know the communities act everyone wears those clothes like everyone was still wearing 80s clothes when I was growing up. And I'm sure if I went back to that town right now, they probably pretty much look like they did when I left back in 2000 or 2001. 
But uh, the thing is, I biked everywhere, you know, with no parental supervision. I used to play D&D in people's basements or outside in their cabins during the summer, uh, playing music, you know, or like reading comic books. Like, I totally relate with Max just like you do, Kelly. But for me, it was the tomboy aspects of it because I was a tomboy growing up. So I can definitely like relate to her, like, you know, skateboarding and, you know, reading comic books and doing all that kinds of stuff. But like overall, Stranger Things was like exactly how a small town feels like i it, i don't know how they did it but they got that feeling down to a t everyone's relationships how they talk to each other how they act to each other i mean like wow like even the houses like i swear to god they just picked a town in wisconsin yes. and just said hey we're gonna pay you guys a bunch of money to go go wherever and we're just gonna rent your houses because like i swear i could go to any of those houses and they'll look exactly like that billions of magnets on top of the refrigerators everything's wood paneled with some quirky like crocheted stuff and then like parents with like frizzed out hair and like you know the shoulder pads and <laughs> i just like everything about it i'm like oh it, it brought back a lot of good memories and while um and i think it was like one or two seasons where there just was a bunch of confusion and some of the storylines that's like my only complaint but everything other than that like i could just watch on and on and on because it has everything I could possibly want in like a child empowerment movie. It hooks yeah. you it hooks you with the nostalgia porn, but it's not just that. No. I have seen other things that do that. I have seen other movies that do that. Wonder Woman and 84. I, <coughs> and, and yeah, and I've seen other people that have done it cheaply and maybe they make a half-assed attempt at getting the nostalgia porn down. But they don't combine it with the story. The story. They don't combine it with the collection of actors that they've got in this the show that, that have all just completely bought in. The amazing writing, the amazing directing, the amazing set production, the amazing scoring of, of this show. I mean, the look of it, the feel of it, everything comes together. Yeah. Like just, the yeah. clothing is just down to a T. Amazing. I love that. They actually have a lot of ugly 80s clothes because that's like my biggest complaint when they do a period piece from the 80s People or dress 90s. too cool. They're too cool. They're yeah. too polished. Yeah. Everyone, like, there's no nerds. There's no dorks. There's no dweebs. Like, there's yeah. no normal looking people and girls. Yeah. Like, there's just all these, like, hot, perfect tens in whatever person's universe. Yeah. And they have none of the traits or, like, personalities that were a thing in the 80s. Like, it's a completely different animal if you didn't get to experience or live it and right. i'm sorry if you were too young to understand that sucks but yeah. you make do with it but this show does have a good entryway into what that life was like and it i, I could just eat it all day all right so we all we all love the show definitely so season four um you know we we in i say we in the show but uh the show, you know, names its villains based upon Dungeons and Dragons characters. You know, it's a it's a very relatable thing where if there was a monster that popped up in real life, some kind of supernatural monster, it probably wouldn't announce itself to you with a name or something like that, especially if it, you know, it didn't speak English or something. And you would have to name it something. So you mm -hmm. relate it to the kind of your own mythology that you have in your head. And these kids are avid D&D players, so they've, you know, kind of named everything, all the monsters they fight off of experiences they've had in D&D, &D, just so they can give it at least a placeholder name and we can call it something, yep. basically. You know, we can call it the Mind Flare, 
you know, or the demigorgon, demigorgon, demidogs, right? Or uh, we can call it, you know, uh, Vecna. Vecna. So we're we're calling the villain in season four Vecna. But as I said, we are getting spoilers, and we find out that Vecna later on is one, the original, the the original student slash test subject slash trainee at Dr. Brenner's lab. Okay. And um basically he's kind of a psychopath and Dr. Brenner had to suppress him because he was getting too powerful and he had some dark shit going on. So apparently we find out that he's been kept around the lab and eventually we find out in through Nina, through Eleven being in the Nina uh, machine project thingy, that she she regresses back in her memories, gets through the PTSD, and finds that she actually sent number one into the Upside Down. She created the original hole between worlds when she sent number one into the Upside Down accidentally she was just kind of trying to obliterate him and kill him or whatever and eviscerate him and she ended up you know being so chaotic in her powers and not being able to control them they were just out of control she cracked a hole between fucking worlds and sucked him through well him being resilient you know and that wasn't quite enough to kill him and he got into this other world and he started to thrive and he started to basically uh, absorb in these dark powers you know he already was uh, you know leaning towards the dark side but this is like Anakin Skywalker going to Darth Vader right and really uh, finding yeah. his true power in in uh, this other world so he ends up starting to form this new world into his own image and um, finding, trying to find a way to come back to get revenge on Eleven and Papa and really the whole world, but like starting with Hawkins and like its residents. Did I miss anything? That's really like the discovered plot, right? Yeah, yeah, that's about it. I mean, he basically wants to take the upside down and put it into the right side up. Right, right. <laughs> he wants yeah. to reshape reality into yeah. you know his evil bleak vision yeah and it you know and at one point in time he wanted i mean he says like you know you know there was a time when i wanted you to be by my side now i just want you to watch right you know like he he saw her power right and you know he wanted her to help him yeah you know but then you know when she tried to obliterate him because you know she wasn't going to comply with his bullshit because she realized like oh you're fucking crazy yeah. <laughs> right. um right. you know that's you know so then and and what's really fucked up is that you know like papa had her go looking for him too that was the I know. other thing where i was just like i know that's dark oh, mm -hmm. that's dark dude you suck so he denies bad. it he denies it but that's what he was doing yeah, totally. Yeah, you he know. denies it up into his death, and that's that's really what what he was doing. I mean, at least maybe not 
directly looking for him then, but preparing her to look for him, showing her how to look for him. Maybe he knew that she couldn't find him yet, but this is how you are going to be able to find him in the future. Maybe he was honest in saying, no, I didn't have you look for him, but I was training you to look for him. Duh. Like, duh. Yeah, because he even says, like, you're not strong enough to deal with him. Like, you need... You need to, you know, train a little bit more and then we'll go back. And she's just like, yeah, but by then my friends will be dead. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it, 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 it sucks about him because, like, every time you think he's going to redeem himself, he, like. Totally. Yeah, and I like, love that. And, and there's just and there's just tons of data that we have that's like you're just you're not a good dude. I'm sorry. Like no, one hundred protagonist here. No, one hundred percent. It's it's a very intriguing storyline. So let's just talk about that for a minute because that is really part of Elle's freedom is she has to finally break free from like Papa, right? Yeah. But first to break free from him, she has to come back to him. And then mm-hmm. she has to, like, find compassion for him. And then she has to have that broken again. And, you know, it's like this cycle of trauma. But it kind of has to happen for her to finally become independent and become the person that she needs to be to, like, really believe in herself to enough to come to her true power. Right? Right. Like, yeah. it, it sucks to have to watch her go through it. But, like, he is right in the way that he has to train her. Does he go about it the right way? No. No, not really. No, but what really is the right way right now? Well, well, exactly. And, you know, one of the, one of the great moments was, you know, when she was saying, I came here to figure out if I was the monster that I thought I was. Right. And, you know, through her being able to remember what actually happened, she's like, I'm not a monster. Because that was one of the things I've been, oh, my memory's going to fail me. But, like, you know, that's, like, one of the reasons that she lost her powers. Yeah. Was, you know, like, oh, I am this thing that they created. And it's like, uh, that's not necessarily true. And then when she realizes that, she's like, no, it's you. (laughs) (laughs) it's you that's been manipulating me all the time he manipulated me you manipulated me he you manipulated him right and made this mess but she had to go back there and yep and and he had to gain her trust again and he had to destroy her again for her to see that Mm -hmm. and it sucks but it needed to happen to her for her to like finally come out of that cocoon and i think next season we are going to see l finally as like a complete you know, as a complete person, more as a, of a whole person, because she's finally, maybe she's not over her trauma yet, but she's finally, she can finally start healing. Yeah, she's not afraid of it anymore. So that is definitely a good, you know, start because she's able to like do things without just being in a tank of salt water and closing her eyes. She can just close her eyes and like focus in and go into that other world and like jump through people's minds. I'm actually looking Mm -hmm. forward to seeing where she's going to go with this because, like, her powers have grown immensely since the last time she used them. Yeah. 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 Totally. Oh, it's so good. It it is so good. So, and and we got a Matthew Modine as Dr. Brennan. He's just wonderful. I, I love Matthew Modine. I've loved him since the 80s. He's a wonderful, highly underrated actor. Um, 
and he was just absolutely killing it. I mean, he got you to sympathize with him when you when he needed that. He got you to hate him when he needed that. And just what a what a wonderfully complicated character, you know, and when he died, it, it was very like I don't I wasn't happy. I wasn't mad. I was sad for L. You know, I was sad for L, but also happy for L at the same time that like mm-hmm. I'm sorry that you know you have to watch this and deal with this, but this needs to happen and I'm happy for you because now you can start to heal. Um yeah. that My that moment was... when he died and she she wouldn't admit to him that you know he was trying to do the best thing mm-hmm. uh was really poignant, right? Yeah. yeah. So My thought uh, was that was a good death. Yeah. 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 It's not how I expected it to happen, but that's kind of perfect. You know, like, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, Papa storyline, that, that was great. Who do you guys want to get to next? Do you want to talk about Eddie? <laughs> oh God, Eddie. I knew that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I think everybody knew that guy. Um, I tried to be a little bit like that guy when I was younger. Um, fun fact uh, that um, I read, I can't remember, I can't cite which uh, article I read it in, but that back patch on his vest that he's wearing, like that Dio back patch he's wearing throughout this season, was actually donated to the show by Ronnie James Dio's widow. Uh, that's actually from, oh, that's that, that so back glorious. patch is actually from... <laughs> Ronnie James Dio, uh, at least his his family, and uh, that is really cool it when you find so that rad. out that they're actually like using something that legit from the costuming. They don't have to do that in the show. That's no. what I'm talking about. The details in the show, like you yes. find that out later on, and you go, they don't need to do that. They could just make a new back patch. You know what I mean well, for dude, his jacket, yeah. dude. To have the widow of one of the best rock metal gods to bestow you with a Dio patch. But you know what? Like, the, oh act, man. the actor, and can you can you look up that His name is Joseph Quinn. Joseph Quinn that plays Eddie Munson. I bet you, when he found out that about the, the jacket, uh, the vest, and the back patch, I bet you that gave him a little more incentive. You know what I mean? To mm-hmm. really nail mm-hmm. this character. And it seems like stupid little details like that but really, when when that kind of responsibility is laid upon you in costuming, like it should make you feel different. When when you're when you put on a vest that you know is possibly owned by Ronnie James Dio and and not like just some costume, it should make you feel different. And I bet you it did. Dude, uh, his character Eddie Munson is just possibly one of the greatest characters ever. Like he feels like he is straight out of the '80s. Like, he could yes. go to a Dio concert right now, and he would not flinch. He'd be, you know, <laughs> riding the wave, you know, with his tongue out, you know, throwing the devil horns. And, like, I absolutely loved his energy so much. But, yeah, to know that he was wearing an official 80s Dio back patch yeah, yeah, yeah. is just so savory. Oh, man, man. So, yeah, oh. very cool. But this character overall... He, he had a wonderful arc, okay? You know, I mean, he starts out at, as this kind of, like, uh, 
godly figure to these nerds and um like king nerd right he's king, the dungeon master he's dude. the dungeon master he is the dungeon and, master and the dungeon master did hold some clout in those circles when you were kids if you were the dungeon master you know people were coming to you all through you know all throughout the day between classes like asking you something about this and asking you something about that about the adventure tonight like hey but you know okay anyway but like you were the man you were the fucking man because you took that responsibility on yourself to not be a player character but you ran the adventure and it was a whole nother level i know because i did a lot of dungeon mastering when i was that age and like it sucked because you never got to play but it was the funnest because you made everyone else's day right and so you had to have some personality and you had to have you know some kind of spunk to you and and eddie has it in spades and we see him as this like godlike nerd character uh in the beginning but also the weed dealer and also in the band and like everything cool he's been in like he's like a second or third time trying to graduate his senior year like we all knew that guy we all knew that guy Uh, we all knew that guy and uh he starts out though when we really get to know him as a little bit of a coward and he says yeah. in in the beginning of the season, you know, I'm the guy that always runs away from everything. I seem like I'm really cool and I seem like I'm under control and I always know what I'm doing. But the truth is, when it really counts, I run away. So when you hear that and you're in, you know, you're thinking about the storyline to come, you're like, at least me, I'm going, oh, shit, he's going to sacrifice himself in the end. I know. If, if I know. this is done right, know. It, you know, we've seen this movie before. Sometimes it's not done right, but if it's done right, you know that, okay, he's going to sacrifice himself in the end, and that's the only way that this can pay off properly. If he doesn't, I'll be kind of disappointed now. It's like if you show a gun in the first act of a movie, you have to use it by the third act, third act. or you know, otherwise, why even show the gun? So if you're going to pull out that line, you have to use it later, and you know he's going to die. So that kind of took a little weight off his death. In, in this last episode for me because I knew it was going to happen. But I man, was it, it a ride. It suck, dude. I thought, I thought it was going to because, like, yeah. yeah, with that, I was just like, I know what's going to happen to him. Right. But even still when it came, oh, I, great. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was like, I cried. I was just like, this yeah. fucking sucks. It sucks. <laughs> dude, it especially sucks. the scene before where he's rocking out to Metallica on top <gasps> of the fucking uh, mobile home. Like, dude, God. I was like, I kid you not, I was throwing horns and yeah. head banging and yeah. singing along. I was like, and I just looked at my husband. I was like, this is the fucking best scene ever. <laughs> I <know>. Yes. <laughs> I think I was like, hell yeah. Like, I yes. I know. What a triumphant moment. Just what a <sighs> triumphant moment. That moment and the moment where he says no. The moment where he says, no, yes. I'm not running away. Yes, I could go be safe. Yes, I could do all of those things. But the moment he decides to be a hero, is yeah, that we, was the moment that really choked me up. Because instantly you know, like, like okay, he's going to die. No matter what else yeah. they show me that's going to be guessing, he's going to die. And that's okay. And that's when he okay. he the fucking bed sheet, I was just like, ah, oh, fuck, yeah. here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, just the part with him and Dustin just chokes me up. But it's just, like, they are such fabulous actors. And, like, dude, Eddie Munson will live forever on. He needs a statue. Like, he needs a statue, dude. He he was so great. You know, one of the things 
and and this might be like too heady nerdy reading into things but i also felt like the eddie munson character was a nod to the west the west memphis three yeah the three kids who were um totally accused of you know in the satanic Mm -hmm. panic Mm -hmm. and um you know it basically ruined their lives because that was pretty much well him i mean he was just this dude who liked heavy metal liked playing D, &D, but he became this demonized satanic character and i was just kind of like i don't know if you're giving a nod to the west memphis three but i'm gonna take this you know what you know what (laughs) i i did not think about that thank you for bringing that up but it makes total sense and i also remember reading about the west memphis three that um the the guys from metallica like fought for them and like lobbied for them didn't didn't they Am, am I wrong um, about that? Yeah, actually, actually, um, I'm gonna. Oh God, I'm gonna forget. I'm gonna forget who it was exactly. It might have been Metallica, but yeah, there were there were. Uh, it was more than one heavy metal band right. that like wow. came forward and like paid right. for a lot of their legal fees. I mean, right. the main guy, and I'm t- I'm sorry, I'm totally failing on his name. I did not yeah. come prepared with my research. No. Um, but he was he was eventually released yeah. from prison. Right. Um, I, actually, I, I think all of them were. Um, yeah. They were all eventually released from from prison. And the one guy has written like two books yeah. on his on his experience because I mean his his prison story was awful. If yeah. y- I mean for those of you who like podcasts, um, last podcast on the left did an amazing um, review of the West Memphis Three. Go check it out if you want more information Definitely. on it. But also buy the books on it because yeah. yeah. But I, I totally thought Eddie. I was like I was like, are you a nod to the West Memphis Three? Because I, think, I so. think you might be with the yeah. satanic panic shit going yeah. on. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. It, it, it was it was all that with without even mentioning it, though. That's why it's such a cool little that's why the nods in the show, sometimes they're overt in the terms of showing you a Hulk Hogan T-shirt. Yes. And you're going, "Ooh, I like Hulk Hogan, too, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, and sometimes it's a little more subtle, like things like that, where like you really kind of got to be in the know, but they don't yeah. hit you over the head with it. They just kind of give you the feeling of how things really were back then sometimes without telling you, you know, and that's good storytelling. You know, not everything needs to be necessarily outlined to you, you know. You you don't need to be told the story while the story's happening. Sometimes you should just watch it. Um, We're going to take a break. You guys want to come back and talk some more? We've barely scratched the surface. Yeah, we're going to take a break and come back and talk about some more. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This episode of Radio Free Galaxy is brought to you by Eddie Vedder's Cheddarwurst. Eddie Vedder's Cheddarwurst are the only brand of cheese-filled sausage that will keep you even flowing all day long. Find them in your local supermarket today. Eddie Vedder's Cheddarwurst. Mmm. Mmm. Alright, we're back for another segment of Stranger Things Talk. Uh... During the break, I was actually looking up. Uh, Eddie Munson is actually the character is actually totally based on. Uh, I read several articles. Well, I didn't read the whole articles, but I skimmed <laughs> the headlines and uh, some of it. And uh, he is directly based on the characters from the oh, not characters the 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 kids that were accused in the West Memphis Three. Um, really? Incident. Oh, yeah. 
He, so okay. it's directly and wow. and, and Metallica wow. did um, was outraged by the whole thing because they were the kids were accused of you know listening to metal music in particular Metallica, and Metallica uh, lent their music to the documentary about um, Paradise Lost I believe was the name of it I uh, I yes, could be Paradise wrong Paradise Lost yeah it was the documentary about um, the West Memphis Three and uh, Metallica donated their music to that and Metallica doesn't give their fucking music to anybody nope alright so <laughs> um, yeah so uh, it, it seems appropriate that he was playing Master of Puppets you know in, in that scene it, it, it tells so much from the story when you really dissect it and, and look at what happened there whereas somebody that doesn't know about that story can really miss that subtle little nod there. So let's get into a few other nods. I know that you had a list, uh, Kelly, of some excellent nods. Why don't we run through some of those? Okay. So in the first episode of uh, of the two that were just released, mm-hmm. the pretty much while the opening scene was a nod to Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. When you hear um, uh, Vecna say, Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that whole scene, it, it just reminded, it was, I was like, this is straight out of Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, there were so a lot. There, there were a lot. That scene in particular, I totally agree yeah. with you on, but this whole season, even the character of Vecna kind of yes. like this dream character that comes yes. you know i the mean like states yeah. and then he comes for you and kills you like that is that is a total nod to freddy krueger um the other nods that i had was um when they it's the final scene where they're throwing the mol- molotov cocktails at vecna but yeah. when nancy steps in with the sawed off shotgun oh my <laughs> god i can't oh my god that scene just made me just my heart just smiled but when she was <laughs> the the like the the cocking of the of the um sawed off was a total nod to sarah connor yeah um, cause yeah that's all i could see i was just like they're doing a Fucking no- I don't know if they're doing a Sarah no- is a co- nod to Sarah Connor, but oh, one hundred percent, Sarah Sarah, Sarah Connor, uh, iconically uh, one handedly cocking the yes. shotgun. You know oh. that's that's one hundred percent it, right? And the fact that she was actually officially doing that too with an assault, you know, with the shotgun because she was like so like you know built in like you know tones like oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a great throwback. I love Nancy. She's become such a badass. I love I- Nancy too. I wish yeah. we had more time to just talk about Nancy. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. <laughs> She's so um, interesting. I love her so much. Uh, the arc that both her and Steve have had since the beginning of the show, where I thought they were just kind of both um, going to be kind of ancillary characters and just kind of uh, the straight men to the silly kids, where they've really grown into being really interesting, complicated characters. Uh, I love them both. Um, <laughs> if yeah. I'm going to think about myself, like really when I was younger, between any of the kids, I I, I was more of a Steve, a uh, little Steve mm-hmm. with some Eddie Munson <laughs> in him, but okay, may, yeah. maybe outwardly looking like a lot of the times like a, like a, a Steve. And then I turned into an Eddie Munson when I hit like 14, 15. 
but anyway, yeah, I love Nancy. I would love to watch a series of just Nancy solving like Scooby Doo style mysteries. Yeah, dude, she's like April yeah. O'Neil with a shotgun. Like, I am yeah. so for that series possibly happening. Yeah, and she wears yeah. the coolest outfits. Yes, <laughs> the boots. She always has really amazing boots yeah, and belts does. to go with every single outfit she has. I'm like so jealous. Totally. Yeah. Totally. All um, right. The other the other nod was. Mm-hmm. I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a total, that was just like a pandering nod to Star Wars. Um, oh, sure. And the other thing that I had to was a nod to the satanic panic. And then the scene in the very, and in, in the first episode um, where they, they go to the, you know, old silo, that was like a straight up nod to like eighties action films. I was yeah. like, this is so eighties action films. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many. I mean, even in the scenes, it, you know, like I I remember just watching scenes and it felt a little bit like this and it felt a little bit like that mm-hmm. without being too overt with it. Yeah, you know, it didn't clobber you with it, but it just had that undertone of like this is yeah. '80s action nostalgia for you Gen Xers out there. Feel feel the, good. <laughs> they do that. They do that, and they nod to a bunch of like '80s relationship movies too. In, uh, yeah, in, they totally do. In conversations that they have, I mean, we'll stop in the middle of a horror movie and all of a sudden have an 80s relationship movie, and then we'll spring back into an action movie, and then into a comedy, and it's like... Bah, 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 bah. But it's that's like, in 80s movies, yeah. and the whole... It had everything. It wasn't just always so serious and bleak. Like, there was actually fun parts and stuff. Like, one of my favorite parts is when... um. Argyle and like the pizza mobile are going to the other p- the surf uh, the surf pizza place and he's talking the surf language to the other guy <laughs> and like I almost wanted to shed a tear because it was so beautiful because they were on this whole other astral level of communication yes yeah. and then I also want to give a shout out his hair is so amazing Argyle. yes it's dude beautiful. he's got the most beautiful hair because he eats pineapple on his pizza yeah, yeah. <laughs> our Argyle was a total nod to fast times at Ridgemont High 100%. totally totally was, that yeah. was fast times at Ridgemont High like, yeah. brought to stranger things yeah. and I mean, and speaking of relationships, like, I would even say that, like, the dynamic between Will and Eleven is Lucas, because I I don't know if anyone remembers this movie. It starred Corey Haim. Yes. Um, But, you know, he was in love with the girl, the girl, and the girl was in love with somebody else. And, like, in this, in, in this part of the season we're like oh shit okay so oh, so shit. will has it for 11 man oh no you think whoa whoa, <laughs> no, whoa, 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 whoa. actually i oh, you, you think, think that will got, has it for 11 you think he's got it for mike yes okay all right i was wondering about that too i was okay. like where are you going okay. with this kelly will okay, it, okay, will okay, wants okay, him some okay. mike yeah okay 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 that that's that, that's <laughs> no, what, it's totally fine. That's what like, that's <laughs> what I got from it. At least I uh, well, well, and it was kind of it was kind of con- like towards the end. I was just like, are they all gonna end up like in a poly relationship or something like that? That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, I'd be fine with that, but Will needs to get a new haircut first. 
Will <laughs> I'm sorry, that bowl cut just isn't happening for him. Why are they doing that to his hair? But you know but, what? That's yeah, what it I was. Know. I know, yeah, I know. Right. It is because he kept saying, You're the heart. You're the heart. Oh my god. Yeah. Like every okay. time like he would talk to Mike in a passionate way, it was basically he was expressing his feelings for Mark, but That's Mike true. but he could never say them out loud because if you were gay or part of the LGBTQ community back then, it was basically a death sentence and being banished. So it was that's very hard. True. There was no one to talk to but about that. Even more than uh. that, even more than that, that's his best friend. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. There, there is there is the gay thing. And I think that's clearly apparent, at least to me. I, I could be off, but it, it's that. But you also, it's his right. best friend. Like, what complicated yeah. feelings. You know, what complicated so... feelings for a, a pubescent boy to be having where, like, this is my best friend I've had my entire life. I have these feelings for them. You know, everywhere I look in media, people, in, and especially my small town in Ohio, yeah. everybody tells me these kind of things are wrong. Um, you know, if we put ourselves back into what was happening in the 80s, you know, like, yeah. slurs were being thrown around that they don't kind of throw around in this show or anything like that but you know that yeah. they're there and they know that they're present and especially in a small town in ohio yeah and I, he is doing some serious lip biting in in this season man he yeah, is you are so right see i was wondering about that but i was like oh, i don't know i was trying to figure it it's out. breaking so his you. heart thank you okay yeah thank it's you. breaking his heart because he loves 11 so much too I mean, it's yeah, really Eleven is like a like a sister to him too. So... Yeah, yeah. So, so what what is he supposed to do? He's got these feelings. He knows they're real. You know, he also hasn't you know really reconciled with him or anyone around him that he has these uh, homosexual feelings. You know, so like, and he probably feels shame for that the dude was like stuck in like this supernatural state for like so long. I mean, he's really coming mm -hmm. back to just feeling human. But yeah, then you got on top of that, you got the, you know, teenage hormones going on and, you know, you're yeah. growing as a person and you have no one to go to and with all the other stuff going on. It's just yeah. like, I can't imagine what it's like to be a teenager if you had to deal with all that right. in a time where you didn't have the internet. You right. didn't have phone access. There wasn't groups that were going to come and protect you if someone was trying to hurt right. you. Like, th there's a yeah. whole lot that can yeah. be said just with how he looks and talks to his friends. Right. But this group is so tight that, like, I don't know, like, I think he's putting his feelings aside to just make sure, like, his friends and his family are okay. So, like, there's just a whole lot going on with right. him. But yeah. one person well, that does see it is Jonathan. Yeah, his brother. Well, right. Yeah, and that was the that was the whole conversation that they have of, like, you know, yeah. I, like, I know I've been really distant from you, but I want yeah. you to know you can tell me anything. And, I yeah. like, I will always love you. You are my right. brother. Right. What a good brother. <laughs> well, shit. I've just had another sledgehammer hit me. I'm just I, I'm going to need three to five business days. to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could see where you see that for um, 11. Like but like there were just little hints like there when were. when when especially oh. the scene in the van, the scene in the van made it 100 yes. percent clear. I was wondering oh. up until then. But it was the scene in the van where, you know, Will finally breaks down. He's been, like, totally silent this whole season. He finally breaks down and gives him this boost of confidence by telling him how much Eleven 
loves him by telling him in another way how much he loves him. Yes. He's telling yes. him, oh Eleven believes in you. Eleven loves you this much. Eleven will never stop loving you. She will always love you because you're the heart. You're the best. Oh, and and then Jonathan sees what's happening and hears what's happening in the rearview mirror. And it dawns on him. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry for you. Because he realizes what a fix that Will is in right now. And he knows that he can't just come out and say it to him and embarrass him. That isn't the right way to go about it. And the way he goes about it is is in the best way that he can. And Will knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And he knows that he knows. And he feels so relieved, maybe for the first time in a long time. Where he's like, okay, maybe I haven't said my truth yet, but somebody else knows, and I'm okay with that person knowing. And it makes me feel better. It makes me feel just a little bit lighter, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. Shit, now these scenes are even more amazing to me. Right. I know, right? Like, it it. just, those little extra things where I'm like, anytime, like, I'd be like, oh, like, you know, I can feel that. Like, I can feel it when I'm like... I'm tearing up when you started talking about that because it's like that's all like. What do you oh, do? This... You love yeah. both people, and that was that was the theme in several in several '80s movies that I can I can think about, and yeah. like these kind of triangle movies. You know, maybe like it's one thing when you have a love triangle where like two guys are trying to fight over a girl or something, but sometimes you have like best friends and then a girl, and maybe you love each other, but just like these other feelings get in the way. You know, and um, yeah. So, you know, what do you what do you do? And the end of the world is here. Like, what could you possibly, you know, you need them to love each other right now. You know, like you can't stand in their way right now. That would be the worst thing to do. So you have to bite it back even more. And that and that was like and so it was so poignant for Will to like when she was fighting Vecna to be like you're the heart you have like you have to tell her now that how much you love her and like that was gonna slice will in half to hear that but it's the right thing yeah will loves her too so yeah ultimately ultimately for the people that you love if if you have mature feelings which apparently will does be beyond his years if you love people even if you can't get your way you still keep on loving them you know, mm-hmm. just because maybe it can't work out the way that you want it to work out doesn't mean you should stop loving them, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Usually in our lives, we end up ending relationships a lot more immaturely, and we can never talk to the people that we are no longer in a relationship or whatever with, or we didn't get what we wanted from, and that sucks. But sometimes, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, that's a great one. Let's get to a few more. We, we're, we've really got to hit a few oh, more things. Man, oh, man, to talk oh, about man. We wanted to talk about Max. We got to yes, talk about yes. Max. We got to talk about Max. Let's talk about Max. Max is so central um, to, to this season. And I love that character so much. When she was first introduced, I didn't care for her very much because she was just too snotty. And I just, like, thought she was going to be too much of a side character that for me to care about that much. But then this show does that sneaky little thing where it just like builds you up with this character and builds you up. And all of a sudden they're your like favorite. And like this actress is absolutely just killing it. Episode four of this season has got to be one of the greatest episodes of TV I've ever seen. Like rarely in these streaming shows, Kelly, like we binge them. 
can you remember like individual episodes from seasons, you know? And like, I will always remember that episode. And it is the reason why Kate Bush cassette tapes are selling for over a hundred dollars a piece right now. And you couldn't sell one two months ago. (laughs) I couldn't sell one if I wanted to two months ago, but now if I find one, it will sell for over a hundred dollars because of that amazing song, that amazing directing and that amazing acting in episode four dude that episode was like castlevania and monster squad it was insane it was so good and apparently we have winona Ryder to thank because she's a huge kate bush fan and kate bush does not lend her music to um to to movies and things like that to really anything and apparently we have one in a writer to thank for that because she's a huge Kate Bush fan. That makes sense. And yeah, when nice. I, when, when, when running up that hill started playing, I was just like, Oh, Oh my, like this is the, the yeah, way they used it. Oh, God. The, the, the way they used it just gave the song and the show a just another life. The, the combination yeah. of those two things was so ultra perfect together at the same time and the feeling that you needed to have at that moment and it was such a climax it built up into such a climax and when she lived through it all it was the most awesome kid empowerment teenage empowerment girl empowerment human empowerment thing that i've just ever seen like somebody overcoming trauma and stress and running up that hill and begging to God and just like give me one more chance and making negotiations and denial and just all the things that you go through uh, in in trauma and all of that to to watch all of the stages go through in that in that cinematic sequence was just amazing and her story this season has been great um, yeah but because I- that happened. But because that happened, I kind of knew that she wouldn't die in this last episode. Because I was like, if, if you already did that, and you had her have that moment, to take it away from her now, just like four episodes later, would in my opinion be super bad storytelling. <coughs> you know what I mean? To yeah. let her shine like that and have that moment and show us all these things of her character... And to let her just pass away would be super anticlimactic, right? Especially when not really, like, yeah. redeeming herself or, you know, having, like, you know, yeah. the killed of Vecna or something yeah. like that. That would just seem like an undone thing. And, yeah, it would just kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth. But I think they, you know, story will go on. I actually think she's going to be integral into killing Vecna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. When, because when, when Eleven went looking for her inside her mind she couldn't find her right where and is I she? was just like oh where yeah. is she mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know I, part of me is just kind of like oh, I have a feeling that it's gonna be Max and Eleven yes kicking mm-hmm. some major yes. ass next go yes. I'm excited for that maybe Max maybe Max stays in that coma the entire season fights Vecna from the other side and and L stays on this side, you know what I mean? And fights right. fights yeah. him in the real world. Max fights him in the other world and they hit him on both fronts. 
maybe uh, i know i know this oh. show just <laughs> we could talk about it forever but yeah it the female empowerment in these the show has been so i i can't even think of the words of how well done it is and yeah i love max i love the fact like she's kind of like um you ever hear of the mighty max cartoon at all kelly yes all right so like this is ringing a bell yeah so mighty max was the answer to polly pocket the boys version i mean so like in one of the um little like handhelds it was like you know like a fiery lava pit with demons and stuff like i kind of feel like they modeled it off of that because it has so many similarities and i'm like dude mighty max you know maxine here you know kicking ass with 11 you know to beat vecna would do be the super ultra like kid girl empowerment if they do it right it really would it it really would you guys oh sorry go ahead (laughs) go ahead finish your thought oh i was i was gonna say like i mean aside from like the kid empowerment like um winona Ryder's character why am i figuring her choice choice Joyce, thank you. Yeah. Um, through this whole thing, like I just remember her in the f- one of the one of the my favorite scenes with her is when she is saying like I need a two week advance, I need a phone and a pack of smokes. Like I lost <laughs> my, and I lost my boy. I've worked here for yeah. twelve years. Yeah, holidays, weekends, yeah. never called in sick. Like yeah. fuck you give me what i need and like her character like is like crazed as she seems sometimes it's just like no she's not crazy she's just she's just fucking kicking ass and and taking names like and then like the whole thing with like this this going into the soviet union it's just (laughs) oh god oh my god the whole thing with like the the, Mm. like the electric cattle prod thing yeah the demogorgon it's just like yeah so i mean there's the kid empowerment but there's also yeah joyce there's also (laughs) joyce and she's very that character uh, just wonderful i i just love winona Ryder so much and she's just evolved as an actress so well She's she's just so wonderful in the series. She's so strong yet vulnerable, yet quirky and cool and square all at the same time. She reminds me very much of several Talia Shire characters. Yeah. from from movies. Just like that type of character um and and in this season you get very much the Talia Shire Sylvester Stallone dynamic and you know kind of rocky adrian kind of thing with hopper we haven't even talked about hopper hopper goes through so many trials and tribulations this season Uh, just the whole thing he went through in the prison uh he's been through some stuff you know uh a lot of fat jokes at the end because he he lost some weight so good seeing him and 11 reunited again at the end that Um, was a tear that was another tear there were so many times i cried during the last yeah. The, during the last episode, but you know when like when Eleven starts to blubber, I was just like, I'm gonna blubber too because yeah. like the two of you, like she was this wayward child that just happened into his life, and yeah. then when she was taken back into the upside down, he left her waffles, and it you know so know. like just the relationship that they have I is. Know. It's just one of those things that is 
it's beautiful. It's, ju- it's just it's wonderful. It's just so wonderful. <laughs> it's beautiful. At the at the end when she says, I left the door open three inches. Three inches. Oh I know, I choked up. Was was that a total I love you three thousand moment? Yes. That was a that was I love you three thousand. Oh, and so while we're on the tear jerking moments, yeah. when Max dies. Yeah. And the scream that Lucas lets oh out. Oh, you know, God. He's like, he says, send, he was like, get help. And then he just does that, ah! like, yeah. you know, just just that grief and frustration and yeah. pain. I was just like, oh, my God, these kids are such good actors, and I love all of them, and I, I wish know. they were my friends. I know. <laughs> we, we haven't talked about Lucas much. Uh, Lucas in this season was oh. just wonderfully <laughs> – he's so teenager he's so teenager he's so trying to find his place in the world and and he has the best of intentions and he has a total arc with the the not as much screen time as like some of the other characters are getting he had a through he had a through he was definitely always there but i mean he made the most out of every moment with that character and you knew he had the best of intentions in the beginning when he was on the basketball team and he was just trying to not be an outcast anymore. It's not he was rejecting his other friends. He just wanted to, you know, for once not be the weird kid, you know, and I'm yeah. sure it's super hard for him in a small town, you know, where he's one of the few black kids in town, you know, so like. He's like, what should I do? Join the basketball team, you know? But he's still playing D&D with his friends, you know? And he has the best of intentions. He's not ignoring them or anything. And he goes through a total arc and comes back to Max. And he's really always been there for her. She was just kind of pushing him away because she had her own shit to deal with, you know? Yeah. She couldn't be there for anyone. He had his own monster arc. Totally. Because... You know, because he, you know, joined the basketball team because, you know, he wanted to be, quote, unquote, normal. Right. And he also thought, too, it would help his friends yeah. as well. So he was kind of like, I'm doing this for the greater good. Yeah. Only in the end to realize that, like, the main guy is is pretty monstrous. Mm-hmm in his intentions and then and you know and he has that realization of like you know i thought i wanted to be you yeah and i don't want to be you like you're right. a piece of shit <laughs> right. yeah so like he had his own arc with that and yeah. and that you know and that brought him back to max as well so oh god oh, so and good. and the arc he has <laughs> with his sister yeah yes. erica i love her so I much love her so much she does not get enough time, but I mean, how do you how do you split all the time with all of these wonderful characters? But but you know what I like? They made her like the kid's sister, like in almost every single '80s movie. They had like either the whiny bratty one, but uh, sometimes they worked. Like she worked really well, especially when yeah. she was like with her uh, lady Applejack half or character. Yeah. Like yeah. oh, like there's just there's so much about the show. We haven't even talked about like Yuri yeah. and Murray. We Can, haven't talked yeah. about any of that. There's so much to go off of like, because this show is so good. Yeah. When she meets Eddie and she's like, you know, this is my name. These are my stats, and he's just like, <laughs> all right, you're at the table. Like, <laughs> right. I, and, you know, she comes in wearing that cape. I'm just like, yeah. oh my 
God, I just want to be She's you. Dude, she had her binder full of manuals to play D&D with the cape. She was coming to play. <laughs> like, oh, man. Then she's, yeah, when she, she read off the stats. To, oh. She wasn't coming to play. She was coming to throw down. Yeah, right. yeah. That whole that whole scene, oh, my God, with the whole, like, dice and rolling yeah. the, mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, here we go, rolling the D20. and. Yeah. She she defeated Vecna. She, yeah, she, she was the killing Vecna. blow to, to Vecna, and yeah, it was great. She a lot of characters this season got to have their moment, mm-hmm. you know. And, and yes. as much I I complain about how long it was, but I guess it was necessary for a lot of these characters to have their moment. Like Joyce had a moment, Hopper had a moment, Murray had a lot of moments. Dude, Murray Yuri had his moments. Yeah. Um, what was what was the guard's name in Hopper's prison? Oh uh, shoot, I don't remember. The, the, the I'm guard. forgetting his name. I just know that he was in Dimitri? Game of Dimitri. I I don't know. I'm assuming it's Dimitri. Um, but he he was wonderful and dashingly handsome and um. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like handsome beat up Russian prisoners. Are, are we missing any of the other kids? We we totally didn't even mention Paul Reiser. He was great. Argyle was great, of course. Um, we got a flashback to Barbara that I totally forgot about. You have to remember that Robert England played Victor Creel, so there was yes. that. Yeah, we can, how could you not? In, in the Silence yeah. of the Lambs moment. Yes, that was that yes. was insane. Yeah, that um, was a total nod to Silence of the Lambs. Oh, oh yeah, God. overt. <laughs> it was overt. Um, yeah. And and then you have uh, the character that played one, uh, Peter Ballard, uh, Jamie Campbell. He was great. That that was wonderful. Um, we got some flashbacks to Billy, and Billy's so handsome. And I was really, I was really glad this beautiful that they were mane. able to. I was, I was really glad they were able to incorporate him because he was yeah. one of those characters that started out as like, I absolutely hate this guy. Yeah. But by the time he died, I was yep. just kind of like, Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. Yeah. Like, I mean, Max says she was like, I. She said I hesitated because I didn't know if he deserved to be saved and i was like you know that's exactly how i felt but i still felt sadness for him because yeah. he had <laughs> his autonomy taken away from him that's right mm-hmm. absolutely um <coughs> yeah it, w- it was dimitri the a prison guard um do we got anybody else that we i do i just don't jonathan was kind of quiet this season but he came in in like in little parts, uh, Robin and her uh, love troubles, and just all the comedy of Robin uh, was great. I love Robin. Yeah, so I like her nervous. <laughs> She's I, I love her nervous energy. Yes, that's actually what I was just gonna say. I love her nervous energy. Yeah, and uh, Mrs. We- Mister and Mrs. Wheeler. Oh, they're the best. They're just like, <laughs> oh God, they, they are so typical parents of the 80s that voted yeah. for reagan like yeah. oh my god they are they, they very they very sickening. much are um we haven't even gotten to dustin just because i oh, think god he's always there and he's always yeah. wonderful and he to me is the heart of the show like without dustin the show would not be what the show is yeah i'm sorry that we have not even mentioned dustin's name but Dustin but is everything to, to you me. You don't need to in this Dustin, show. He is the show. Dustin is everything to me in this show. He is just... I I want that friend so bad. <laughs> like, I, I want that friend so bad. Well, oh. he, the, I mean, from season one, he has been the biggest advocate for Eleven. Yeah. He's like, 
you know, she's weird and she's our friend. <laughs> like, yeah. he has always been the biggest advocate for Eleven. And, yeah. like, I'll go back to the Eddie thing. Like, yeah. the death scene with between Eddie and Dustin was heartbreaking. I mean, it was it, heartbreaking. it's heartbreaking and it's emotional. And one of the, and then the other time I cried, I'm just going to keep talking about the time I cried <laughs> was when Dustin talks to Eddie's uncle. Oh, and he gives, mm. and he gives the him pick. the necklace that yeah. had the pick on it. And he, and again, nod to the West Memphis three, he said, you know, I was with him when the earthquake came and he was trying to save this town that hated him so much. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and the uncle just breaks down and cries. And, oh, my, like, yeah, again, I'm going to need three to five business days. To <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to mention Susie. Dude, she had Susie, she had her yes. moment again. In that crazy house, that with crazy all, weird house. All those like in. those like savage children <laughs> running around with arrows, and like the dads locked himself in the office because they're monsters. But there's no mom; it's just the kids running it like a Peter Pan style thing. Yeah, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> what is going? Why am I laughing at that? On there, that whole I, d- I don't know. I don't know, but it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Also, me and Christine were just looking on IMDb and. Believe it or not, Carrie Elwes is in this season. He's the mayor, apparently. Uh, yeah, I yes, that's did right. I miss that? That's right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like um, yeah, it's like in the very first episode. Oh I think, man! Because they're accusing him of like all the bad things that right. are happening. He was in season three. Too. Okay, I you know what? God, I why totally did I, missed I that. must have completely overlooked it because <sighs> as soon as we started going through, I'm like, wait, I. I love him because he's handsome and he's also really cheeky. And it's yeah. like, wait, I missed and this Princess this man. Bride. Yeah, right. Princess Bride. Right. Uh, Men in Tights is also a very Men good tights, one. Yes, Men in Tights, yes. Men in Tights. Well, I mean, Mel Brooks. Yeah. yeah anything Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Love Bites, which I Look, hate. Look, ladies, I, I could sit and talk about this forever, but we really have to wrap it up or we're running over. Oh, so, man. Um, look, yeah, maybe you didn't learn anything uh, interesting about this season. Maybe, maybe we revealed something i don't know but we like talking about it for a while so i hope you like listening to us talk about it that's what this podcast is supposed to be a conversation among friends you know by listening to us friends talk about the things that we like or don't like maybe you know you can throw your head but your head buds your head buds <laughs> your earbuds in your earbuds in yeah. or your headphones you can put your headphones on and you can feel like you're having a conversation with nerdy friends just like us and we can maybe help you get through your day at work or when you're driving or whatever it is so thank you all for listening to us talk about stranger things and this is episode 108 we're done now uh you can catch us all over the internet on instagram and on uh facebook facebook and twitter and youtube and you can find so geek girl on t public and buy her wonderful t-shirts S-E-W-G-E-E-K-G-I-R-L, all one word, and she's got some cool artwork up there. And you can also find Kelly Holder over on the Two Broads and a Bottle of Wine podcast. Same place where you're listening to this. Wherever you're listening to this, you can probably listen to that. So, you know, stop listening to this right now and just, like, cross over there, and it'll be wonderful. So, thank you for being... 
yeah, oh, go ahead. You can also you can also find at two broads and a bottle of wine on Instagram. You can also find me yep. on Instagram at at Burgo Dances. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for being on again, Kelly. We appreciate it. We love you. Loved it. All right. And uh, we'll see you next time on Radio Free Galaxy. Bye. Bye. Thank you.